Friday, April 14th, 1944. Dearest Kitty, everyone here is still very tense. Pim has nearly reached a boiling point. Mrs. Vandy is lying in bed with a cold grumbling. Mr. Vandy is growing pale without his cigarettes. Do so, who is having to give up many of his comforts, is carping at everyone, etc. We seem to have run out of luck lately. The toilet's leaking and the faucet's stuck. Thanks to our many connections, we'll soon be able to get these repaired. I'm occasionally sentimental, as you know, but from time to time I have reason to be. When Peter and I are sitting close together on a hard wooden crate among the junk and dust, our arms around each other's shoulders, Peter toying with a lock of my hair, when the birds outside are trilling the songs, when the trees are in bud, when the sun beckons and the sky is so blue, oh, that's when I wish for so much. All I see around me are dissatisfied and grumpy faces. All I hear are sighs and stifled complaints. You'd think our lives had taken a sudden turn for the worse. Honestly, things are only as bad as you make them. Here in the annex, no one even bothers to set a good example. We each have to figure out how to get the better of our own moods. Every day you hear, if only it were all over. Work, love, courage, and hope. Make me good and help me cope. I really believe it. That I am a little nutty today, and I don't know why. My writing's all mixed up. I'm jumping from one thing to another, and sometimes I seriously doubt whether anyone will ever be interested in this drivel. They'll probably call it the musings of an ugly duckling. My diary certainly won't be of much use to the Mr. Bolkenstein or Mr. Gerbrandy. Yours and Frank. Saturday, April fifteenth, nineteen forty-four. Dearest Kitty, there's just one bad thing after another. When will it all end? You can sure say that again. Guess what's happened now? Peter forgot to unbolt the front door. As a result, Mr. Kugler and the warehouse employees couldn't get in. He went to Kex, smashed in our office kitchen window, and got in that way. The windows in the annex were open, and the Kex people saw that too. What must they be thinking? And Van Maren, Mr. Kugler's furious. We accuse him of not doing anything to reinforce the doors, and then we do a stupid thing like this. Peter's extremely upset. At the table, Mother said she felt more sorry for Peter than for anyone else, and he nearly began to cry. We're equally to blame, since we usually ask him every day if he's unbolted the door, and so does Mr. Van Dam. Maybe I can go comfort him later on. I want to help him so much. Here are the latest news bulletins about life in the secret annex over the last few weeks. A week ago, Saturday, Bosch suddenly got sick. He sat quite still and started drooling. Meep immediately picked him up, rolled him in a towel, tucked him in her shopping bag, and brought him to the dog and cat clinic. Bosch had some kind of intestinal problem, so the vet gave him medicine. Peter gave it to him a few times, but Bosch soon made himself scarce. I'll bet he was out courting his sweetheart. But now his nose is swollen, and he meows whenever you pick him up. He was probably trying to steal food, and somebody smacked him. Moshi lost her voice for a few days. Just when we decided she had to be taken to the vet too, she started getting better. We now leave the attic window open a crack every night. Peter and I often sit up there in the evening. Thanks to rubber cement and oil paint, our toilet could quickly be repaired. The broken faucet has been replaced. Luckily, Mr. Clayman is feeling better. He's going to see a specialist soon. We can only hope he won't need an operation. This month, we received eight ration books. Unfortunately, for the next two weeks, beans have been substituted for oatmeal or groats. Our latest delicacy is piccadilly. If you're out of luck, 
all you get is a jar full of cucumber and mustard sauce. Vegetables are hard to come by. There's only lettuce, lettuce, and more lettuce. Our meals consist entirely of potatoes and imitation gravy. The Russians are in possession of more than half the Crimea. The British aren't advancing beyond Casino. We'll have to count on the Western Wall. There have been a lot of unbelievably heavy air raids. The registry of births, deaths, and marriages in the Hague was bombed. All Dutch people will be issued new Russian registration cards. Enough for today. Yours and Frank. Sunday, April sixteenth, nineteen forty-four. My dearest Kitty, remember yesterday's date, since it was a red letter day for me. Isn't it an important day for every girl when she gets her first kiss? Well, then, it's no less important to me. The time Bram kissed me on my right cheek or Mr. Vostra on my right hand doesn't count. How did I suddenly come by this kiss? I'll tell you. Last night at eight, I was sitting with Peter on his divan, and it wasn't long before he put an arm around me. Why don't we move over a little? I said, so、I、won't keep bumping my head against the cupboard. He moved so far over he was practically in the corner. I slid my arm under his and across his back, and he put his arm around my shoulder, so that I was nearly engulfed by him. We've sat like this on other occasions, but never so close as we were last night. He held me firmly against him, my left side against his chest. My heart had already begun to beat faster, but there was more to come. He wasn't satisfied until my head lay on his shoulder, with his on top of mine. I sat up again after about five minutes, but before long he took my head in his hands and put it back next to his. Oh, it was so wonderful! I could hardly talk. My pleasure was too intense. He caressed my cheek and arm, a bit clumsily, and played with my hair. Most of the time our heads were touching. I can't tell you, Kitty, the feeling that ran through me. I was too happy for words, and I think he was too. At 9:30 we stood up. Peter put on his tennis shoes so he wouldn't make much noise on his nightly round of the building, and I was standing next to him. How I suddenly made the right movement, I don't know. But before we went downstairs, he gave me a kiss through my hair, half on my left cheek and half on my ear. I tore downstairs without looking back, and I'd longed so much for today. Sunday morning, just before eleven. Yours and Frank. Monday, April seventeenth, nineteen forty-four. Dearest Kitty. Do you think father and mother would approve of a girl my age sitting on divan and kissing a seventeen and a half year old boy? I doubt they would, but I have to trust my own judgment on this matter. It's so peaceful and safe, lying in his arms and dreaming. It's so thrilling to feel his cheek against mine. It's so wonderful to know there's someone waiting for me. But and there is a but. Will Peter want to leave it at that? I haven't forgotten his promise. But he is a boy. I know I'm starting at a very young age, not even fifteen, and already so independent. That's a little hard for other people to understand. I'm pretty sure Margaret would never kiss a boy unless there was some talk of an engagement or marriage. Neither Peter nor I has any such plans. I'm also sure that Mother never touched a man before she met Father. What would my girlfriends or Jack say if they knew I'd lain in Peter's arms with my heart against his chest? My head on his shoulder and his head and face against mine. Oh, Anne, how terribly shocking! But seriously, I don't think it's at all shocking. We're cooped up here, cut off from the world, anxious and fearful, especially lately. Why should we stay apart when we love each other? Why shouldn't we kiss each other in times like these? Why should we wait until we've reached a suitable age? Why should we ask anybody's permission? 
I've decided to look out for my own interests. He'd never want to hurt me or make me unhappy. Why shouldn't I do what my heart tells me and makes both of us happy? Yet I have a feeling, Kitty, that you can sense my doubt. It must be my honesty rising in revolt against all this sneaking around. Do you think it's my duty to tell father what I'm up to? Do you think our secret should be shared with a third person? Much of the beauty would be lost, but would it make me feel better inside? I'll bring it up with him. Oh yes, I still have so much I want to discuss with him, since I don't see the point of just cuddling. Sharing my thoughts with each other requires a great deal of trust, but we'll both be stronger because of it. Yours and Frank. P.S. We were up at six yesterday morning because the whole family heard the sounds for break-in again. It must have been one of our neighbors who was the victim this time. When we checked at seven o'clock, our doors were still shut tight. Thank goodness. Tuesday, April eighteenth, nineteen forty-four. Dearest Kitty, everything's fine here. Last night the carpenter came again to put some sheets of iron over the door panels. Father just got through saying he definitely expects large-scale operations in Russia and Italy, as well as in the West, before May twentieth. The longer the war lasts, the harder it is to imagine being liberated from this place. Yesterday, Peter and I finally got around to having the talk we've been postponing for the last ten days. I told him all about girls, without hesitating to discuss the most intimate matters. I found it rather amusing that he thought the opening in a woman's body was simply left out of illustrations. He couldn't imagine that it was actually located between a woman's legs. The evening ended with a mutual kiss near the mouth. It's really a lovely feeling. I might take my favorite quotes notebook up with me sometimes, so Peter and I can go more deeply into matters. I don't think lying in each other's arms day in and day out is very satisfying, and I hope he feels the same. After our mild winter, we've been having a beautiful spring. April is glorious, not too hot and not too cold, with occasional light showers. Our chestnut tree is in leaf, and here and there you can already see a few small blossoms. Beb presented us Saturday with four bouquets of flowers, three bouquets of daffodils, and one bouquet of grape hyacinths for me. Mister Kugler is supplying us with more and more newspapers. It's time to do my algebra, Kitty. Bye. Yours and Frank. Wednesday, April nineteenth, nineteen forty-four. Dearest darling, what could be nicer than sitting before an open window, enjoying nature, listening to the birds sing? Feeling the sun on your cheeks and holding a darling boy in your arms, I feel so peaceful and safe with his arm around me, knowing he's near and yet not having to speak. How can this be bad when it does me so much good? Oh, if only we were never disturbed again, not even by Moshi. Yours and Frank. Friday, April twenty-first, nineteen forty-four. My dearest Kitty, I stayed in bed yesterday with a sore throat. But since I was already bored the very first afternoon and didn't have a fever, I got up today. My sore throat has nearly disappeared. Yesterday, as you've probably already discovered, was Avuria's fifty-fifth birthday. Today is the eighteenth birthday of Her Royal Highness Princess Elizabeth of York. The BBC reported that she hasn't yet been declared of age, though royal children usually are. We've been wondering which prince they'll marry this beauty off to, but can't think of a suitable candidate. Perhaps her sister, Princess Margaret Rose, can have crowned Prince Baldwin of Belgium. Here we've been going from one disaster to the next. 
No sooner have the outside doors been reinforced than Van Maren rears his head again. In all likelihood, he is the one who stole the potato flour, and now he is trying to pin the blame on Beb. Not surprisingly, the annex is once again in an uproar. Beb is beside herself with rage. Perhaps Mr. Kugler will finally have this shady character tailed. The appraiser from Beethovenstraat was here this morning. He offered us four hundred guilders for our chest. In our opinion, the other estimates are also too low. I want to ask the magazine the prints if they'll take one of my fairy tales under a pseudonym, of course. But up to now, all my fairy tales have been too long, so I don't think I have much of a chance. Until the next time, darling. Yours and Frank.